Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, A Riot in Ephesus, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our last episode was Paul at Corinth, Part 2, posted on April 30th. In that episode, we read, For he had not always the same measure of the Spirit, or was not always under the same influence. From Geneva Bible Translation Notes. This right here explains why Paul could be faithful to his tent-making and still have been so zealous that he completely forgot himself and with a wonderful courage gave himself to preach Christ. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. The influence of the Holy Spirit was not always the same for Paul. The same is true for us today as well. While people saved in Christ, both men and women, can be influenced by the Holy Spirit within them, it is not always the same measure of influence. When this influence of the Holy Spirit may be at a low point, it does not mean we are without the Holy Spirit, especially if we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. This low point simply means there may well be no one to minister to at the moment. It is like the ebbing and flowing of the ocean on the shore. Sometimes the ocean is peaceful and merely laps on the sandy shore. Other times it is strong and excited. This analogy hopefully better explains the ebbing and flowing of the measure and influence of the Holy Spirit's power in us. The better we understand this, the more like Paul we can be of that wonderful courage that gave us, like Paul, to preach or testify of Christ. To find out more, listen to our previous episode, Paul at Corinth, Part 2. This week, our study is titled, A Riot in Ephesus, Part 1. Our study scripture reads, now after all these things had taken place, Paul resolved to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. He said, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So after sending two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, he himself stayed on for a while in the province of Asia. At that time, a great disturbance took place concerning the way, with a capital W. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought a great deal of business to the craftsmen. He gathered these together, along with the workmen in similar trades, and said, Men, you know that our prosperity comes from this business, and you see and hear that this Paul has persuaded and turned away a large crowd, 
not only in Ephesus, but in practically all of the province of Asia, by saying that gods made by hands are not gods at all. There is a danger not only that this business of ours will come into dispute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as nothing, and she whom all the province of Asia and the world worship will suffer the loss of her greatness. From the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 21 through 27. How angry the devil grows at the success of the gospel mentioned in the foregoing verses. There we read how the whole college of diabolical conjures were brought over by the apostles preaching at Ephesus to burn their books and leave their wicked course of life. Hereupon the devil bestirs him and raises a persecution against the apostle. Those that will disturb Satan in the quiet and peaceful possession of his kingdom shall be sure to meet with trouble and disquiet from him. Let not any of the saints of God in general, nor any of the faithful and zealous ministers of Christ in particular, expect any long continuance of their outward tranquility and peace in this world where they are every day up in arms against Satan and meditating the ruin of him and his kingdom, for which he will certainly seek revenge. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. This explains why life is anything but what we desire of it. Yes, it can be disquieting to a peaceful life and our course of life, but knowing that Jesus has already been soundly found victorious over Satan means we can deal with this riotous disquieting caused by Satan. We see this today, as it matters not what you are called, an apostle, a minister, or a follower in the vast number of people saved in Christ. This can easily be summed up by Jesus speaking in the book of John. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye, meaning you, may have peace. In the world ye have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. From the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, in the American Standard Version, 1901. These words spoken by Jesus tells us that he has spoken these things to us so that we may have peace. That peace is found in Jesus, knowing him as Lord and Savior of your life. Jesus also makes a promise. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. He does not state how much tribulation we will have or how troubling to us it will be. He only comments surely that we will have tribulation. To clarify, where do we have this tribulation? 
Jesus gives us the answer, which is in the world, meaning wherever in the world we live. That means the everyday world we work and live in right now. Jesus then states in the second half of the sentence, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, meaning this world where we have tribulation. If tribulation is something we are not only going to experience, but repeatedly experience, just what does the word tribulation mean? 1. Great affliction, trial, or distress, suffering. 2. An experience that tests one's endurance, patience, or faith. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Further, it means severe affliction, distress of life, vexations. In Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. The word usage here of the word tribulation is to signify something strong and heavy upon us. It is something that will stress us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If we are stressed in only one of these three, then it is a targeted attack of that part of us by our enemy Satan. If our mind, emotions, or spirit singly can be broken, then the other two will very shortly fall as well. This is caused by increasing sadness as we see ourselves, in our minds, failing in Christ. Notice, however, the second definition of the word tribulation by Farlex. An experience that tests one's endurance, patience, or faith. Most frequently, we can read that simply as an experience that tests one's faith. In this life, this is in part, at the very least, the purpose of tribulation to test our faith. However, testing our faith is not all what happens because we feel that testing emotionally, even mentally. Our emotions, when our faith is tested, depress. We therefore become sad or worse with time. This is because we see our tribulations as punishment from God, not the refinement that it truly is. If we could not be saddened by tribulation, then tribulation could have the positive action God has designed it to effect in us. To get to this point is a learning and growth experience. That means, while it will often be difficult, it will produce a better person in Christ before we go home and receive our heavenly reward. The Bible tells us that heavenly reward depends on, at least in part, on how well and what good we do here 
regardless of what tribulation or tribulations we face. The next verse reads, So after sending two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, he himself stayed on for a while in the province of Asia. Then comes the time for Paul to say goodbye to Ephesus. He has another intention. Jerusalem keeps him busy. He would like to attend the Feast of Pentecost there. He even thinks beyond that. After he has been in Jerusalem, he wants to go to Rome as well. And indeed, he will come there, but not like he expects, namely, as a prisoner. Here he starts his journey toward Rome, and at the end of this book, he is there as a prisoner. Jerusalem and Rome are the two places between which this book takes place. He yearns to bring the word into the heart of the Gentile world, just as he brought it into the heart of the religious world. From King Comments Commentary on the Whole Bible Here we are reading about Paul's tribulations. Even though we see him today as a great person of the biblical past, we today have a very hard time reaching his level of dedication. We also have a very hard time with tribulation since we frequently forget John chapter 16, verse 33. I read that to you just a few moments ago. Despite Paul's tribulations, notice, after these things were ended, completed, implying something like a natural finish to his long period of labor at Ephesus, Paul purposed, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem. After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Mark here the vastness of the Apostles' missionary plans. They are all fulfilled, though he, quote, saw Rome, end quote, only as a prisoner. From Robert Jameson, A. R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Notice what J.F.B. Commentary told us. Mark here the vastness of the Apostles' missionary plans. They were all fulfilled, though he, quote, saw Rome, end quote, only as a prisoner. Two statements of note. Notice first that Paul had large missionary plans. Commentary said, Mark here the vastness of the apostles' missionary plans. Remember, in Paul's day, you walked, rode a horse, or mule, or rode in a horse-drawn cart, and possibly mule-drawn cart. Despite this disadvantage, notice the scope of Paul's plans and the places Paul had to go with only those three forms of transportation, of which walking was the only sure mode of transportation in Paul's day. We should also note 
that when Macedonia and Achaia are mentioned in the same sentence, it is a reference to all of modern-day Greece. Originally, Greece was Macedonia and Achaia together, now under a single title, Greece. At times in the Bible, when Greece is mentioned specifically, it means the aforementioned regions named Macedonia and Achaia. Secondly, we should note Paul's missionary plans. They were all fulfilled, though he, quote, saw Rome, end quote, only as a prisoner. Many times today, I meet many who say this kind of thing is failure. Yet, all of Paul's missionary plans were fulfilled. How does that work? That is the question that really needs an answer. Just how is it one can be in prison or in jail and still fulfill their missionary plans? Of Paul, it is said that he was in jail, a prisoner, and yet he, quote, saw Rome, end quote. How does that work? Today, our ministries in Christ are frustrated by far less than being in prison. If Paul met all his missionary requirements, just how do we do it in our day today? Verse 23 reads, At that time a great disturbance took place concerning the way, capital W. In my Bible, the word way is capitalized. Why is that? If we are not properly thinking of what we are reading, one today could confuse this with a church called the way. That is not what Scripture is talking about. To clear things up, this verse is better translated as, About that time, there was much trouble because of the Christian way. From Bible in Worldwide English. This explains why the word, quote, way, end quote, is capitalized in this passage. It means more than what the modern eye perceives of its usage. It signifies that people of that time knew that this was consolidated speech by the word being capitalized and how it was used in a sentence, something we would have little, if any, clue about today. Digging deeper, what else can this verse tell us? The Syriac version reads, quote, the way of God, end quote. And the Vulgate Latin version reads, quote, the way of the Lord, end quote. That is, the Christian religion and the doctrines and ordinances of the gospel, which the saints were directed to walk in. And the Ethiopic version renders it, quote, about this doctrine, end quote, which mightily grew and prevailed and which such numbers embraced, and how great the stir was about it, and from whence it arose, who began it, and what were the consequences of it, are hereafter related. From 
the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Here we have a window into how this riot at Ephesus started and what it was about. That commentary passage told us, the Ethiopic version renders it, about this doctrine, which mightily grew and prevailed, and which such numbers embraced, and how great the stir was about it, and from whence it arose, who began it, and what were the consequences of it, are hereafter related. Not only this, but at the same time there arose no small stir about that way. Gain, cloaked with a show of religion, is the very cause why idolatry is strongly and stubbornly defended. From Geneva Bible Translation Notes. As you can see, this is why this study is titled A Riot in Ephesus. The riot was full of contention, which progressed into a riotous mood of the crowd. All of it centered in, the Syriac version reads, the way of God, and the Vulgate Latin version, the way of the Lord, that is, the Christian religion and the doctrines and the ordinances of the gospel which the saints were directed to walk in. Notice the way of God, the way of the Lord, meaning the Christian religion and the doctrines and ordinances of the gospel which the saints, who today are those of us saved in Christ, were directed to walk in. For clarity, let's reread that statement this way. The Christian religion and the doctrines and ordinances of the gospel, which are for those saved in Christ today, called saints, are directed to walk in. Next week, we will continue A Riot in Ephesus, Part 2. We will notice the riot in Ephesus grows worse. Just like tribulation, this is where we see things that happen in life that our Bibles call tribulation. However, it is harder for modern people to see, always, just why tribulation of any kind is beneficial to God's children. Hopefully, this study will help answer some of the questions surrounding this issue of tribulation. To learn more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast 
is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens in unchurched. Our Bible tablet, and desktop-compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now, to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.